What is up, everybody? Josiah Leroy here from thegeekiverse.com. As you know, if you follow us on our social media, I uh, was at E3 in Los Angeles just a few weeks back. Uh, I was there alongside Adam Hur of the Geekiverse, and we had a good time. We had a very good time. Also, uh, our war room back at home, we called a war room. Basically, uh, we had all, a bunch of geeks that uh, write for us, a bunch of company members that do video stuff for us, graphic design. They all basically uh, got together and put together a war room to bring together all of the latest coverage from the show floor. Uh, so there was a lot going on at E3. Uh, that's for sure. We had a, a great year. This E3 was kind of a mix of things. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's towards the end necessarily of the, the generation of the Xbox One and the PS4. However, uh, I was talking to, to Tim Geddes of Kind of Funny Games and he said it's kind of the end of the generation, and I feel I feel like we have a few more years before that happens. Next year, I would imagine, is is some sort of reveal of maybe a PS5, maybe the next Xbox that is being worked on. But I'm not so sure that we don't have at least a few years left with these current systems. So there weren't a there wasn't a plethora of new announcements. We'll say new IPs. There was a lot of sequels, a lot of safe games. And that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. However, that being said, uh, it, it was it was a little bit predictable in that sense. I enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of quality games coming out. We got our hands on a lot of nice demos that were at the event. Uh, a lot of nice appointments there. And then for us is at the Geekiverse, that meant a lot uh, to, to get to. So starting off uh, E3 week, it's technically before E3 was EA Play. That happened on Saturday of that week. And oh, hang on one second, folks. We're going to turn on the live here. Let's see what's going on. So anyway, uh, like I said, EA kind of started off the conference. And uh, what was shocking to me was we really didn't get a lot of Battlefield Five um, for such a, uh, a prominent game in the Electronic Arts Library and lineup. To not get that was a little bit interesting. So we got basically no surprises there, no look at the Battle Royale mode that's going to be coming. Uh, in short, it was kind of lacking. Uh, we got our, our typical FIFA 19, our Madden NFL 19, and even the, the NBA Live 19 reveal. <sighs> Nothing exciting out of those. In addition, we got news on Star Wars. Two bits of gameplay. Not gameplay. No gameplay at all. Definitely just games. But one was Star Wars Battlefront 2. So that is going to be getting Clone Wars DLC. That was a really exciting announcement. The DLC is going to be free. Um, that will be coming out later this year. i got to imagine it comes out maybe uh, sometime in October or November. Anyway, you're going to be four new playable characters, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, General Grievous, and Count Dooku, which is kind of exciting. Uh, you'll be able to play in the Geonosis Arena, which is one of the most famous Star Wars battles that takes place in any of the now 10 movies. Isn't that crazy that we have 10 Star Wars movies? I think it is. Anyway, uh, if you're just joining us on Facebook Live, get in the chat. Tell us what some of your favorite moments were from E3 2018. We'd love to talk to you about it. 
So Battlefront 2, that DLC looks exciting to me. Uh, that came on the heels of just getting, uh, during E3 week, the Solo A Star Wars Story DLC, which is okay. But it's free and it's quality and there's a lot of Easter eggs in the Jabba the Hutt Palace. Uh, so that is kind of an exciting thing. The other bit of Star Wars news, we know that a few Star Wars games are in the works from EA. One is uh, going to be from the team over at Respawn Entertainment, which is run by Vince Zampella. That is the studio behind Titanfall and Titanfall 2, which are two of my favorite games of this generation. Titanfall 2 has one of the best single-player campaigns in any shooter I've played in a long time. Good news is they are going to be developing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So this takes place a little bit after Episode 3, just a few years after the Jedi Purge. Vince Zampella was really, really weird and mysterious about it, which I would just say he doesn't know... He either doesn't know a lot about the direction they're going in just yet, or he's not allowed to say a lot of things. This game is slated to come out next year, 2019, which is just ahead of Star Wars Episode Nine, assuming that hits its December target. So not really knowing much, not even getting a logo, not even getting a screenshot for it was was pretty disappointing, I think. It's nice to know that we're we're getting some of this, but we already knew that Respawn was working on a Star Wars game. Elsewhere, the, the DLC for the Clone Wars is really, really solid. Hopefully, we can get some more characters. I know uh, some of the Rebels and Clone War characters, such as Ahsoka, maybe even Ezra, were, were characters that maybe are a pipe dream for fans, but I think it'd be really exciting to get nonetheless. Uh, one awesome announcement, I thought, uh, actually two from EA, one focused on a sequel, which was Unravel 2. Uh, that was available for download immediately. My major disappointment with that is that it was not on Nintendo Switch because I wanted to fill my Nintendo Switch with something new for the plane ride that I was going to be taking just hours after this conference. But Unravel was one of my favorite games a few years ago. Uh, with EA, <coughs> and their, their initiative is called EA Originals. Basically, EA will publish a game uh, as they select and find appealing from a smaller studio, an independent studio. EA publishes the game and doesn't take a penny from it. All the proceeds go to that developing studio, which, you have, if you ask me, is pretty freaking awesome. Elsewhere, EA announced another game called Sea of Solitude, which is an independent EA original. And this game really struck me. The, the art style looked awesome. A little bit, uh, not quite cell shaded, but you definitely have those colors in there. I think that game is going to be super, super fun to play. It looks small scale, but it looks like it's emotionally deep. And that's something that some of these independent studios can deliver a little bit better than some of the, the bigger name ones can. Uh, in terms of EA, we knew they were going to spend a lot of time on Anthem. And we got a really nice in-depth look at Anthem and... It looks good. I, I reserve judgment on this. I want to wait until this one comes out. With Anthem, one or two things worry me, I guess. Uh, seeing how BioWare... So BioWare is creating this game. They created Mass Effect, best known for a lot of... Uh, uh, some of the, the best role-playing action franchises we've seen in, in the last decade or so. Uh, Casey Hudson, who worked on the Mass Effect series, is working on this game... 
The game is scheduled to release February 22nd, 2019. I think that's a bit of a pipe dream. I think that uh, is... I don't know. I don't think it's happening. I think that one maybe will get delayed a few months. That's okay if it does. You know, we're in no rush. There's no shortage of good games to play these days. Anyway, we saw some single-player, I guess more story-based trailer is the best way to put it as opposed to single-player but uh, from our article that we posted on thegeekiverse.com, players will be able to experience Bioware's vision for the story, through its, though it's touted that no two stories will be the same. In the game, pilots are powered by exosuits known as javelins. These suits allow for an added boost in exploring the various environments and aid in combat. Gamers that pre-order the game will receive VIP demo access in addition to a legendary weapon and the Legion of Dawn armor pack for the Ranger Javelin. So... A lot is riding on this game for both BioWare and EA. We need a good game, a, a full game, not a half-assed game after what we got with Mass Effect Andromeda and its disappointing release that was uh, last year. I mean, I can't believe that that game came out last... It was March already. Uh, I, I played through it relatively quickly and I couldn't tell you what happens in the story and that's really disappointing to me. But it is what it is. We'll move on and uh, Anthem hopefully is going to be the answer to that for EA and um, in addition EA announced uh, basically that they've got an origin access uh, premiere subscription that's coming and the other thing that happened during their demo or their uh, their presentation was that command and conquer rivals took way too long way too too much of that presentation it was a little bit frustrating but I guess what else do you expect from EA in a way now I will say one thing and I so one thing that was really awesome, I got to meet Andrea Renee at uh, basically the, there was a, a Sony after party for the, the PlayStation conference. And I, I went up to her, introduced myself, and said, I thought you did a wonderful job with EA. And I feel like a lot of people just hate on EA because it's cool these days. And she said the same thing. She's like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, they're, they're working with a lot of people don't realize their, their initiative that they're, they're working on with the, the independent studios here and, Sometimes they deserve that hate. There's no doubt about it. Looking at you, microtransactions for Battlefront 2. And sometimes they really don't. Uh, so it, it is what it is. But oh, my buddy... J well, first of all, that's my dog, Lindy. And hi, John. See that you are watching. So shout out to you, Mr. John Fick. Uh, yes. So it was too long regarding Command & Conquer. And it was the only new game that was truly announced. If you don't count the Star Wars title, that was really just... I can't believe they didn't even come up with, like, artwork for that. So, yeah, you are listening to my dog, Lindy, scream right now. There's probably a rabbit running by. Anyway, we move on to uh, Microsoft Studios. They had their presentation on Sunday morning for E3. Adam and I got to attend this, and holy crap, let me say, it was freaking awesome. Their momentum from the conference was unreal. They kept going. The tempo was nonstop. It was a torrid pace. And I know people are a little bit upset again with the lack of exclusives that were kind of announced. But you know what? It was really exciting. And I think they did a good job. I'll say, starting off, Halo Infinite was really, really exciting. I got goosebumps when I saw Master Chief's helmet. However, what is Halo Infinite? Give me uh, give me some of your suggestions and your theories and thoughts on this. 
Is this a shared world shooter? Is this really Halo 6? I don't know. But I get the sense that this... I really thought this was going to be coming out either this year or next year. It depends what Microsoft is doing with their next console at this point. That really matters. Are they holding it back so that it will come out with the next iteration of the Xbox? Or are they going to pump this up so that it will go alongside the uh, the Xbox One? I'm hoping it comes out for the Xbox One here. I, uh, I liked Halo 5 a lot. I, I really did. I know a lot of people kind of fell off the multiplayer with that quickly, but I thought it was one of the better multiplayer experiences in a long time, just in general in gaming. And maybe it's not going to, I guess, scratch that itch for that original Halo combat, but guess what? We got the Master Chief Collection, so that's that's a solid thing. Um, so John writes in on Facebook Live, Microsoft is doing a great job at setting up for next gen. I think they are too, and I, I hope, they shoot themselves out of the cannon a little bit faster than they did this past generation because they've never caught up. In addition to Halo, so, you know, we got that two-minute clip. Really don't know much about the game. Uh, we've got a new game uh, from software. You know from software. Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I thought this game looked really fun. Uh, from the the trailer we got, as an Xbox owner, that's really exciting. This is a game that I'm going to want to play. And I think it's... Microsoft is investing. They're taking the time to really... You know, maybe they don't have that impressive first-party studio barrage that Sony has. But hey, they're really trying to make it up. And Phil Spencer, I think, is doing a fantastic job at that. So, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice is going to be exciting. That was one of the most searched terms that we had on the website for the week. That was coming up frequently. And I think it's because it was a, a new IP that people want to hear more about. Uh, we've got a new trailer at the Microsoft conference for Metro Exodus. I'll say this. Metro Exodus was not a game I was excited for. <clears throat> This gameplay trailer kind of got me a little bit more excited for it. But Adam and I got to play the game. So we played that later in the week at E3. And it's good. Now, right off the bat, the, the developer told us it's buggy. It may crash on you. If it crashes, do this. That's okay. That is totally okay. We've got some time before this game comes out. Again, next February. I will say this. For a... Such a, you know, a, rel a relatively early build of the game looks really good. It's a really pretty game. I can't wait to see what it finally looks like, and I can't wait to see what it looks like on an Xbox One X running all of that juice. I think that's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the gunplay was very good. The stealth aspect of the game was a lot of fun. I also, this is Lindy that I'm petting, by the way. Everybody can see Lindy. Hi, buddy. So, well, you can't see him if you are listening to this podcast, so <laughs> sorry about that. Anyway, uh, with regards to Metro Exodus, uh, you've limited bullets. You have to sneak around in certain cases. Guns a-blazing doesn't always work. It's a vast open-world environment, but not too many options. That's always been a pet peeve of mine. Too many options doesn't necessarily make for a good game. Now, I the different gun types that we, we saw in our demo... 
just your your typical assault rifle. Uh, there was a shotgun. Uh, basically, one of your your cohorts was working on a gun, which I thought was kind of interesting or a specialized weapon for you. I like the characters in this game, and this is a game that shot up the list for me that I didn't expect. Sure, it was buggy as heck, and there were a few times where uh, the game froze on me. That will not be the final product, but I'm very impressed with what was going on with Metro Exodus, and I think people should not reserve judgment like I did until they play the game. So that is uh, an exciting thing. Uh, Nier Automata is coming to Xbox One. We got what was kind of interesting to me, a trailer for Fallout 76. The world premiere of Fallout 76, which we'll get to a little bit later here as we get into Bethesda's conference. Forza Horizon 4, which is obviously no surprise. That's coming October 2nd. And this gameplay demo that was played on stage at E3 was definitely staged. But man, it looks like a fun time. Um, it, it, as always, the Forza series is gorgeous when it comes to graphical fidelity powerful engine really um nice scenery nice draw distance nice environments they took you through each of the four seasons and i think um you know unfortunately i, I know that's a game that i'm i'm <laughs> i shouldn't say i know I'm, I'm very probably very likely not going to play but if you know if i was anywhere near being just a, a racing fan or a car guy at all, that is a game that I would pick up all day long. Absolutely wonderful. Um, I've played a few of the, the Forzas throughout the years, and I've enjoyed them a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously they're making money if Microsoft keeps pumping them out like this every year. But Forza Horizon 4, that was one of my, my favorite parts of the Microsoft presentation because we're sitting in the theater in L.A., and the the sound was incredible. Oh my gosh, it was absolutely incredible. The the sound design, <clears throat> the way the some of the the low bases from the acceleration when you hit a bump, it was it was really really powerful. There there were demos at E three to to play it. Basically, um, it was one at a time. It was not one we had an appointment for, so I didn't I didn't really go. Uh, which which was also weird. As Microsoft, by the way, didn't have a floor presence at E three this year. Uh, no booth. Sony's booth was brutally small. They had really just Call of Duty, Spider-Man, and Destiny. And then Nintendo obviously had a, a pretty big jam-packed booth, even though they didn't have a lot of games because everyone wants to play either Fortnite on a Switch or uh, Smash Brothers, obviously. It, it, was, um, it was interesting, to say the least. But another reveal that we got for the Microsoft press conference was the Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer reveal so the night before it was announced that uh the game is coming out this this coming january finally we've got a release date on kingdom hearts 3 i I'm, i've never played a kingdom hearts game i know you know fans out there are insane when it comes to to kingdom hearts this is a game that looks really exciting to me i love all things disney that's more of a later in life love for me in the, the the past few years, whether it was Star Wars or Marvel, kind of turning me on to more Disney stuff. But that game, I don't know. Sue me. I, I think it looks fun. I hope it's good. I hope it was worth the wait. I don't know if anything would be worth the wait at this point with um, when that game was announced. I think it was during the PS3 era, if I'm not mistaken. It, it was very early in the PS3 era. Don't quote me on that. Um, I might be confusing that with something else. But I, I that's a game I want to play. I um I love the Pirates of the Caribbean reveal. 
that is a, a fun world to me. I, I'd love to jump back into that. Um, because Lego Pirates of the Caribbean a few years back was a, a blast for me. And, uh, yeah. So, Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, you can check out at thegeekiverse.com. Amanda wrote an article of all the, the worlds that we would want to see in a Kingdom Hearts game. Of course, Endor being my favorite. Uh, also, she mentioned Emperor's New Groove, which is wonderful. Uh, if you are listening to the podcast, we appreciate you for Geeks Got Game. If you're watching live, thank you very much on Facebook Live. Uh, just quick reminder, you can go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse and support us for as little as $1 a month. That helps us. Uh, goes a long way for us in terms of funding future projects, including what we're doing now. So the the more we, we are in there, the more we're able to turn out in, uh, in terms of content. So thank you very much. It's patreon.com slash thegeekiverse, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash thegeekiverse. Uh, in addition, we found out that uh, Microsoft bought a whole slew of, of developers, which is really exciting to, to get some first-party developers into Microsoft after all these years of watching kind of Sony dominate the market is, is pretty exciting. Uh, Ninja Theory Compulsion Games, and, and we got three more. Sign me up, man. Just, you know, as an Xbox fan... As a fan of gaming in general, I think it's super important to to have that competition. And Sony's definitely had uh, they've had the monopoly when it comes to first party games and exclusives. And Microsoft needs more of it if they want to stay competitive going into the next round uh, or the next generation, if you will. So we also got the Division Two trailer and gameplay demo. Adam got his hands on this at uh, E3 later in the week. Division Two uh, the Division was not. My cup of tea, that's not the kind of game that I would play. However, again, man, Division 2 looks like that could possibly hook me. That's a game that I would like to try out and jump into. Adam was sold so bad that he wanted to go back for <laughs> a second helping of that. And that's saying a lot because I know <clears throat> Adam is uh, a big fan of the Division 2 games like Destiny. So for him to say that and want to wait in line also because we did not have an appointment for that one, uh, that it's seen a lot. Uh, I thought the the premise, you know, obviously being pretty pretty similar to the first game, looked really exciting. That that trailer was was just wonderful. The gameplay demo that you saw on stage at Microsoft's conference is the one that Adam played. So nothing groundbreaking there, but tight gunplay, fun as always. Got to work with your team, and uh, that that one will be hopefully big. I like that they have announced the first year's DLC to be free, which is three packs, I believe. <clears throat> free DLC is kind of becoming the wave uh, uh, of today, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Additionally, for Microsoft, uh, Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition was announced. One of the things that got the biggest showing uh, at at the Microsoft, or the biggest applause at Microsoft's conference was Devil May Cry 5. I did not see this coming. I think a lot of people did not see this coming. Um, it's not going to be Xbox exclusive but it looks exciting. It looks like a lot of fun. And when I say fun, it's I'm talking like, obviously Devil May Cry. But if you're new to the series, think Saints Row, or a game that doesn't take itself too, too seriously. Or seriously at all, I guess. That is one that, um, that, that that's a big announcement. Did not see that one coming at all. Dying Light 2. So we had an appointment. Uh, booked for probably the better part of a month here with Techland. 
we didn't know what the game was. Had to assume it was going to be Dying Light 2. When it was announced at Microsoft's presentation, I was squealing. I was super excited. The game, man. So we got we got a closed door, basically, uh, gameplay demo of this. Uh, we didn't play the game. Developer played it in front of us, which I thought was kind of interesting because usually we'll get scripted this or that or we'll get video. But this one was actually our developer playing it in front of us. This game looks really, really, really good. Uh, Dying Light 2, I predict, is going to be one of the... I'm not sure if it's going to be a Game of the Year candidate when it comes out, but it's going to be a big deal. It's absolutely going to be a big deal. Techland kind of used the approach, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. However, they brought in a team, a new team of writers to really focus on the narrative a little bit more than in, in the first one. And as a guy that really loves story-based games, I think that's big. It's back a, f- a few years when Dead Island hit the scene and was huge and it's co-op play. It was fine. It was okay. No story, really. Now we're getting a much better a much better version of Dead Island with a story. So if you don't know the premise, basically during the day, uh, the infected don't come out. The light kind of eats them up, for lack of a better term. And during night, they they can roam free. So you gotta get gotta get a lot of stuff done during the day. Once it falls night, you've got a whole another set of problems on your hands. And this one is decision heavily decision based. Where if you make one decision, uh, like in ours, it was shown that you could go basically fix up. Um, the, this water area. You could either let a, f- a different faction control it or you could make water free to the public. That depended... That that would basically result in different enemies for you depending on your decision. It would result in just a different gameplay arc altogether. It would result in how your city looked. It was a, a truly not just a, an A or B kind of thing. It was a wide-branching narrative. It's really exciting that a developer is going to put in a time like that because a lot of developers say, the choice is yours, craft the story. And I think that's such a lazy thing. But, beggars can't be choosers in in certain places. With Dying Light 2, that immediately, that was a game that I couldn't stop thinking about for the rest of the week. I had it as my my game of the show. You can check it out at our Geek Awards, right on our Geekiverse E3 hub. That game, I'm telling you, we'll have a full write-up on it and, and possibly some video. That is going to be one to look out for. Uh, Jump Force was announced. There were people in front of me that were crying. They were so excited for this game. Uh, not so much for me, but hey, I, I know some of our audience is going to be enjoying that one. Uh, let's see what else here. We had Battletoads, which was super, super exciting. That is now exclusive to Microsoft. Uh, that was another one that we kind of figured a few years ago might be in the pipeline. Sure enough, here we are. So kudos to Phil Spencer and the Xbox team for getting that one. One thing we didn't see coming, three Gears of War games announced. Gears is now Gears. Just Gears, not Gears of War anymore. We're getting Gears Tactics. So whatever. Um, It's... Oh my gosh, what is the name of the Halo game that came out, the Halo spinoff? Someone in the comments is going to tell me this. I can't believe I'm forgetting this. Halo... No, was it Halo Wars? It was Halo Wars. Oh, my gosh. 
So the answer to Halo Wars is Gears Tactics. That's not a game for me, more strategy-based. Uh, additionally, we're going to be getting Gears Funko. That's super exciting to me. I love LEGO video games, and I think that that game is probably similar to that. And also, we are getting Gears 5. So that was a little bit surprising to me that we got the announcement this early. Kudos to Microsoft for bringing Gears 5 as well as Halo Infinite into the same press conference. That was mighty impressive. Gears Funko looks like a, a pure blast to me, and I hope it plays like it, it would uh, a Lego game because those are some of my favorite games. You kind of just you don't have to think when you play them. It it's it <laughs> it's stupid to say. Sometimes you you play through a lot of stressful high action games or RPGs that involve a lot of thinking, and sometimes you just want to turn your TV on when it's really late at night and play a game that's not gonna challenge you too much, I guess. And that is one of them. So, Gears 5, we got a pretty extensive trailer out of this and a, a little bit of um, not really gameplay, but more scripted gameplay, as well as a new protagonist, which is super exciting that we're shifting a little bit with the Gears Space Marine, which, you know, it, it is what it is. It's okay. But, um, overall, I liked the Microsoft press conference. I thought it was solid. I think, you know, it's tough to say that they won E3, but there's no doubt that they had the best press conference. No doubt that it was the best. If you are just tuning in, just another reminder to go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. You can support us a number of ways there. Thank you so much if you're just tuning in uh, to Facebook Live or listening to our podcast on Geek Scott Game right on the Geekiverse podcast network. Changing gears to Bethesda. So who thought that Bethesda's <clears throat> press conference got off to an awkward start? I totally did. I loved Andrew WK. That was freaking awesome. That uh, It's really funny that Rage 2 got leaked by Walmart Canada about a month ago because <clears throat> I feel like that was totally going to be a surprise. I don't think they were going to talk about it before uh, E3 at all, but here we are. Anyway, uh, oh, another thing I want to shout out is Techland gave us this smorgasbord of awesome stuff. So we got this Dying Light 2, can't really see it in the light there, phone charger, which is awesome. They gave us uh, a backpack with Dying Light 2 on it. They gave us like a kind of like a wristband. Um, There's something else, but Techland really took care of us. So thank you, shout out to them for, for doing so. So we got our hands on Rage 2. Very colorful demo. Plays just like the trailer. Exactly. It's in your face. It's action. I mentioned this in one of my articles. It's a lot like um, it's a lot like Doom in terms of how it plays with it. It's gunplay and jumping around the environment. And it's fast and it's got this this upbeat pace and you're in trouble if you're not moving constantly, which is great. But it's more punk than metal. It's a weird way to describe it, I know, but if you play the game or if you watch or read some of our write-ups, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, elsewhere, uh, so I thought Bethesda, that was one of the better parts of Bethesda's conference, <laughs> believe it or not, despite the, the awkward teleprompter not properly cooperating. Another thing I heard is that at the, the press conference, I know we had a lot of awkward pauses, but the the audio at home was not picking up the applause of the crowd. And at 
E3, I, I think that wasn't the case. That would explain why there were so many awkward pauses with whoever was on stage talking. Um, so, Rage 2, another game, a lot like Dying Light 2, that I didn't anticipate that I would come out of this absolutely adoring. We got a, a hands-on demo with Rage 2 on the first day of E3, and it was fun. So basically, there's a little bit of a story element to it, but there's some really, really fun powers. Uh, basically, there was almost like this ground pound, which is called slam, where you jump up in the air, and you're able to come down really, really hard, and any enemy that's close to you, just forget it. They're done. So that was a thing. Uh, you can dash. You can move around the environment very quickly. And I, uh, I hope so that th this game is being developed not just by Bethesda or by id software who made doom and they they clearly nailed the the gunplay that's that's what we saw in the demo what i'm interested to see is how the open world reacts so avalanche studios who makes just cause and by the way just cause 4 was announced that looks like a blast uh i want to see how that operates and I, if their pedigree means anything i think they're going to be in good shape so that's another really good thing that they've got going on there Anyway, so Bethesda hit a lot going on in terms of stage presence, but I don't know how I feel about the actual games. Uh, that that There weren't too many huge game announcements, but that is kind of to be expected. And we're going back live with Facebook Live. Thank you. Thanks for rejoining us on Facebook Live. We really appreciate it. Sorry for the technical difficulties there. Anyway, we were talking about Bethesda. So one announcement that was super exciting to me was Wolfenstein Youngblood. That is, you know, I'm not clear if that's a brand new full game, like a Wolfenstein 3, for example, or if it's more of kind of a spin-off game, uh, a standalone experience, like with Dishonored, what we saw with the, uh, Death of the Outsider. I think it's maybe more like that. It, it might be a little bit early to tell. But uh, we'll we'll see what that looks like here. Either way, you get to play as B.J. Blazkowicz's daughters, which I think is really cool. You get to, and we don't know too much more of the story other than the fact that it takes place in the 1980s. And uh, I, I was a big fan of the last Wolfenstein that came out uh, in, the, in October. Sometimes it's a little over the top, but I guess that's kind of what Wolfenstein is supposed to be. So in... in Retrospect, that's okay, but oh, you know, other, elsewhere sometimes I think they can tone it down. I think the action is incredible. It's 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 really really good in that sense where um, it's got a good story. It's got a, a fun alternate timeline, and um, they do they do a good job with it. So hope that series continues on for a long time. Uh, elsewhere, we got Doom Eternal, which really looks just to be Doom Two, and that's. A-okay with me. I can't wait for that game. The 2016 Doom reboot is one of my favorite shooters of all time. I think it's a really, really um, intense action game. I think it's... I wouldn't say it's underrated because it, you know, a lot of outlets scored it well and clearly it sold well because it's going to be coming back. But I think... You know that game immediately is going to jump to the top of of a lot of most anticipated lists. So we're going to get a full gameplay reveal for that. Bethesda told us today at QuakeCon, which is August 10th. So you can stay tuned to thegeekiverse.com. We'll have some coverage listed for that. 
Prey is getting some DLC from, uh, it's called Moon Crash, which um, I'm not a Prey fan, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Fallout 76, one of the biggest reactions there is that it's going to be online at all times. So a lot of people think this is going to be like the, uh, the Elder Scrolls, uh, the Elder Scrolls Online answer. And I think people are freaking out over nothing. Uh, Todd Howard said you can play the game by yourself. Don't have to talk to other people in the world. Don't have to interact, anything like that. It's okay. It's totally fine. If you like Fallout, I wouldn't let that hold you back at all. Um, elsewhere, we did at the, the end get an announcement for... I uh, shouldn't say an announcement. We got a, a, big, a little bit of a snippet for a game called Starfield, which... Hey, man, sign me up for that. And that's ridiculous that I'm saying that after only seeing a few seconds of, of the cinematic trailer. But that looks to be a concept that I am very much into. We did get the Elder Scrolls Six, which doesn't amount to much more than the Star Wars game announced by Vince Sampella. That's not coming for a long time. It's just not. Uh, I get why they felt like they had to announce it. But if Starfield is the next Bethesda game, the next major game, and like their first new IP in like 20 years, we're going to have to wait a while for Elder Scrolls Six. That's going to be coming on the next console. So don't think you're getting that anytime soon. Overall, Bethesda had a little bit of a... a wouldn't say a messy show, but it, it wasn't the most synergetic. And there certainly were some awkward moments. Todd Howard had the floor for a long time a really long time and um i think they could have done better i always always expect a little bit more from them switching gears uh square enix was the next one up really not much of anything of note there we did get shadow of the tomb raider uh, a gameplay reveal that's one of my most anticipated games for this fall let me tell you i cannot wait for that uh, we're going to look at Dragon Quest Eleven, The Adventures of Captain Spirit. I was intrigued by this was announced during the Microsoft press conference. That's actually out this week for free for Steam owners, Xbox One, and PS4 owners. And um, that's a game I'm going to play. So that's going to be, it seems like a prelude to Life is Strange 2, which is going to be coming out this fall. And um, I like the Telltale style games. So Telltale makes The Walking Dead. They did Batman the Enemy Within, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Wolf Among Us. Those games, I really like the, um, I wouldn't say it's a, so much a point and click, but it's a story-based, action-driven game. And I like those. I, I think those are, are fun. If you are tuning into our Facebook Live right now, uh, feel free to let us know what some of your favorite moments were from E3. Who had the best press conference? What are the games that you're most excited for that will be coming out? Let us know uh, in the comments here in the chat section. Square Enix uh, also has a very popular game coming out called The Octopath uh, Traveler. We got a trailer for that. Uh, nothing too crazy. But they also revealed uh, a game called The Quiet Man which could introduce some new gameplay dynamics. I'm trying to wonder or try to think about what kind of dynamics we could be looking at in a game like that. Other than that brief, brief cinematic, we didn't really get much to look at. That's okay. We don't need to just yet. But um, that being said, I, I was certainly intrigued. So, you know, is, is your character, your character's presumably deaf. Don't know what how that's going to factor into the game, what that's going to look like, but I think um, 
I think that's one to kind of keep my eye on. Ubisoft had its usual press conference, kind of a flashy start as Just Dance 2019 was announced. That's always a popular game. Not so much with our crowd at the Geekiverse, but if you care about it, we care about it. Uh, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's one of the coolest guys ever, came out and announced uh, part of his initiative, which is hitrecord.org, that you can be a part of Beyond Good and Evil 2. Now, we got a new cinematic trailer for Beyond Good and Evil 2, which looks freaking awesome. Like, I think this should be a Netflix series. We should get an animated Netflix series based on this game, and maybe that'll come out faster than the game, which we really don't know too, too much about yet, which is interesting. And how many E3s are we going to go before we know when that's coming out, when we get some some nice gameplay footage. Uh, so, anyway, you can be a part of Beyond Good and Evil 2 with your art that you create at hitrecord.org. You can get paid for it, which is great. Additionally, uh, it sounds like there's musical composition that you can team up for. You can at hitrecord.org. I don't know if it's clear that that's going to be in the game or not. But, regardless, that's a nice thing from JGL that you can uh, partner up there. Check out that initiative. You can click on our Beyond Good and Evil 2 article, which is at thegeekiverse.com, and you'll be able to find a link to that. Trials Rising is coming in 2019. Uh, We already talked about The Division 2. We got some gameplay for Skull and Bones, and Adam and I got to try this. And this is very much Assassin's Creed 4, the the sailing uh, out on the water part. That's basically, uh, they made a game out of it. And it works really well. And basically, you can team up, you level up with your ship. Uh, it's a co-op experience. So this is U- Ubisoft's answer uh, to the open world experience out on the water. So basically, Microsoft Sea of Thieves. I think it looks, you know, it was fun. It handles really well. I don't know if it's a game I'd play too long. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. It seems like this game is not getting a story and that it's all going to be cooperative or online. That's okay. These games are typically not for me. I play them in bite-sized doses, uh, but there will be there will definitely be a market for this. I, there's no doubt about it. Elsewhere, we got um, Elijah Wood. So you just have lined up the celebrities for this. Now, Elijah Wood came out and talked a little bit more about his VR experience transference. Now, this trailer looked pretty exciting. It was definitely spooky. We got a, a little bit of a information on this game last year at E3. However, oh boy, I don't know if I could do it. Uh, I don't know if I could play a scary game in virtual reality. I don't know if that's for me, but uh, I like Elijah Wood. I, this is a game that intrigues me. You can check out the full trailer at thegeekiverse.com as well for that. Um, let me let me know your thoughts on VR horror. It's... Uh, it's scary to say the least. I don't know if it's a little too engrossing. But yeah. Um, I It's it's going to scare the crap out of me, so I'm going to probably have a hard pass on that. Uh, For Honor, Marching Fire was announced by Ubisoft. Got our hands on this at E3, and feels a little slow and clunky, but that is not necessarily a bad thing. I like the mechanic of how you basically parry or block or attack. That is something that I think is unique. Now, if you're a For Honor player, this is nothing new to you. But for me, this is definitely new. So I was happy to get my hands on this and try this out. Uh, The game is fine. Something I'm not going to play. But it's still solid. Starlink will be getting Star Fox. And by the way, Starlink, I did play. This is another game that stuck with me at E3 in... uh, 
it is fun. It, it it brings to memory some of the the past Star Wars games that were all vehicle based, whether it's fly, land speeding on the ground and shooting, uh, kind of like the Clone Wars game from about a decade ago or decade and a half ago, or even like the Jedi Starfighter games. That it, it plays really well. It is a uh, a toys to life creation kind of game, so you have to to have a uh, a toy to connect to your controller, whether it's Nintendo Switch, PS4 or Xbox One. Uh, now, I did talk to the developers. They said it's going. the $60 game is going to come with a starter kit, and that's all you need. There's no story that's locked behind it. That's fine. It's totally fine with me. I can get behind that. No biggie. Um, so you're not, you don't have to necessarily spend a lot of money on it. You also don't have to spend money on the physical toys. If there's a character or uh, a ship you want or a weapon you want, you can get it digitally, and there's there's ways to do that. Now, I'm going to have to see what the pricing model looks like for that as we get closer to release this October. But, uh, you know, I'm a little skeptical of that. Anyway, the gameplay itself is wonderful. And it's it's this, this cartoon-like animated world. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. The mission I, I played took about a half hour in the game. And seeing the developers, I had the lead designer there with me who was basically Ubisoft assigned a developer to each of us. I had the lead designer sitting with me for our demo. His face, he just was so enthusiastic about it. He, he lit up when I told him how much I enjoyed it. And that, that was one of the most underrated parts of E3 for me was being able to look a developer in the eye and say, I really enjoyed that. Or I liked this game. Or, I hey, I played Alan Wake a few years ago when it more than a few years ago when it came back, but you were one of the developers on it, and I really liked that game. You did a great job on it. Seeing them light up, absolutely one of my favorite, most underrated parts of E3. If you're just joining us on Facebook Live, leave a chat comment below some of your favorite moments for E3, and thank you for listening to uh, Geek Scott Game on the Geekiverse Podcast Network. Lastly, for Ubisoft, we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey. No big surprise there. That one was leaked uh, by by a keychain mere days before the event. I like that there's a, a the the female protagonist looks really awesome. Uh, this takes place a little bit after Assassin's Creed Origins and the Assassin's timeline, so that's also really exciting. I didn't love Origins. I don't love that they made this an RPG. I don't think Assassin's Creed should be an RPG. I think it's too big of a world. I think it's too much to fill in. It felt like I was grinding. I played 30 hours in the main story, and I would argue that 97% of that was inconsequential. So I'm hoping they can correct that with Odyssey a little bit. Fresh print protagonist looks really, really great. I hope the story is good, and I hope there's a lot more meaningful uh, story missions than what we got with Assassin's Creed Origins. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Ubisoft to make this an every-other-year title. With the amount of money it makes, I know that they're not going to do it, so I can't say I blame them. But it is what it is. Uh, last, uh, I'm not going to touch too much on Nintendo's press conference. I'm sorry if if that's you. If if you're you're watching this live, if you're you're sitting at home and this is something that you uh, you, you want to talk about, but uh, the PlayStation press conference, I uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go to that. It was really, really weird. We didn't know what was going on at first. If you watched it at home, I don't think it was a good cohesive conference. If you are, whoop, that's my dog, Lindy, again. If you were where I was, which was at the conference, basically Sony had this pre-party area. They led you into what was uh, this 
like church setting and as you saw it's the setting from the last of us 2 trailer it was really cool to sit in there watch gustavo play and then all of a sudden be basically in the game in, in some way shape or form the trailer was a little bit too graphic for me when it came to uh blood and guts i don't like that in games i don't I, it's it's a reason i don't like game of thrones it is what it is it's just not my style with Last of Us 2, I didn't like that they were showing guts and gore as they, they basically hung the guy and stabbed him in the stomach. Like, I don't need that to have an emotional, deep impact of a story. It's okay. It's not going to deter, deter me from playing this. The Last of Us Part 2 is going to be a, a great game. I think there's little doubt about that. What was exciting uh, was Neil Druckmann was sitting right in front of me. and as I we're, So Sony moved us to the next room as soon as that was over. Uh, the trailer and the gameplay demo was over. I uh, touched him on the shoulder said, dude, that's awesome. Nice work. Congratulations. And he looked at me, he just kind of nodded and smiled and said, thank you. Um, as a fan of Naughty Dog for as long as I've been, I mean, I grew up playing Crash Bandicoot, went through the years with Uncharted, and here I am with The Last of Us. That was really, really awesome. So that was a, a nice little moment for me. Uh, Ghosts of Tsushima was in the next area where we sat, which little did we know was going to be our final sitting area for the uh, Sony press conference. That game looks like a blast. I tell you, from Sucker Punch, so they they did the Infamous series. I'm waiting for a new Infamous, by the way. That last one, oh my goodness, one of my favorite games of this generation. But Ghosts is going to be a good game. That is gorgeous. I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be another good exclusive for Sony with and that goes without saying but that uh, that was a game that had a, a lot of our staff intrigued we wanted to talk a lot about that one Resident Evil 2 was certainly a surprise uh, that looks graphically phenomenal the line for that to get into that at E3 was ridiculous one of the longest that we saw all weekend additionally they had a police car a Raccoon City PD car right outside of the demo which is like a little uh, version of it, of the city. And they had a, a guy dressed up as a zombie, and you would get in the car to get a picture, and then he wouldn't let you out. So there was this girl in front of us who was trying to jump in the front seat, back seat, get away without getting touched, and she'd open the door and try to get out the window, and the zombie would basically <laughs> close the door. Uh, there's got to be some good footage of it online if you just uh, probably Google Resident Evil 2 Remake E3 2018. It was really, really funny to watch and entertaining for a little bit. Uh, I can't believe we didn't get any footage on it. I think we got some pictures, though, so you can check that out at some point on our YouTube in terms of uh, kind of like B-roll. Resident Evil 2 looked great. Uh, Control from Remedy. So we had a, an appointment with Remedy, had a great interview with one of the designers on Control. That's the makers of Max Payne, Ellen Wake, and Quantum Break. Oh, boy, that game looks fun. So uh, traditionally, we've seen the, the last few... Uh, uh, you know, Quantum Break, Ellen Wake, those were both Xbox exclusives. This one is going to be on PS4 and Xbox One. Control introduces a new dynamic. There's, uh, you know, you had Ellen Wake who was fighting the the darkness. You had Quantum Break, which was fighting time and multi dimensions. And you're getting a little bit of this here, except your your character has the powers to change a a, a few different things. So I'm really excited to see what that ends up looking like. I think that's going to be. Uh, you know, when I, that game is still early in development, I don't anticipate it coming out next year, uh, but possibly the next year after that. So we're looking at 2020. But 
Uh, Control is going to be... I love Remedy. I love Remedy. I think they make wonderful games. They take a careful approach to their stories. Sam Lake was there, which was really, really cool. And also, shout out, I got to see this demo alongside Geek and Sundry's Trish Hirschberger, which was really exciting. Uh, been a fan of hers for a long time. Uh, additionally, I got to play the Spider-Man PS4 demo while I was at Sony's After Party. The game plays exactly as it looks. Uh, it feels different than Arkham, which is what it was being compared to early on. You get to swing around the city. You can run up walls just like you would with Spider-Man. The combat is fluid. Uh, I almost got vertigo standing as I was watching myself swing from uh, basically building to building. And uh, Insomniac Games, they they really looked out in getting that license. But boy, have they come through in being able to deliver what seems like it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful game. And it looks like we got the Sinister Six there from the, the trailer at E3. So Spider-Man was one of our, our, our favorite games of the show at the Geekiverse. I know that's going to be one of our most anticipated games as we move forward. So... Lots to talk about. Obviously, we got Smash Brothers as well from Nintendo and a, a little bit going on from what we got with the Nintendo Direct. You can check out our article at thegeekiverse.com on our E3 2018 hub to hear more about that. But if you're listening, go to one of our social media ports, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Tell us what you thought was your favorite game announcement, your favorite trailer, just some of your favorite moments of E3 2018. We want to hear from you. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here. Yeah, We appreciate you sticking with us throughout all of our E3 coverage. We couldn't do what we do without you. So if you're on Facebook Live, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we're going to, like I said, wrap things up here. You can listen to this full podcast. Uh, it'll be up Wednesday this week. That is going to be at thegeekiverse.com. On iTunes, just search The Geekiverse or It's a Thing Media. Or you can go to soundcloud.com and search The Geekiverse that way. Additionally, uh, if you enjoy our content, please consider donating to our uh, uh, our company at patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. For as little as $1 a month, you, c- you can subscribe to us. And uh, there are different perks as you progress with your paid subscription. So we'd appreciate if you would check that out. And if, uh, if it's not something you want to do, that's totally fine with us. We just appreciate you supporting us in any way possible. Thank you for tuning in on Facebook Live. Thank you for listening on the podcast. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Josiah D. Leroy. That's J-O-S-I-A-H-D-L-E-R-O-Y. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time.